everywhere we look, we see signs of artistic and creative genius, magnificent buildings, beautiful artwork, inspiring music and outstanding films are just some of the incredible pieces of work which resulted from the output of human efforts both individually and collectively. When observing stuff like this, there so often feels like little to do except swoon in awe and wonder. When admiring our favourite creative pieces, I think it's natural to find interest in the person or people behind it. In making a connection with art, we search for a sense of wider context and deeper bonding by connecting with its creator, by getting to know the person with a vision. We are inclined to make an all-too-common discovery. They are human, just like us. We know that being human involves being flawed. We also know that some people's flaws are of a greater and graver magnitude than others. The cliché that creative people are hippie-ish and bohemian, yet essentially quite likeable, with nothing worse to hide than a proclivity towards weed, is attractive because it's both comforting and exciting. While this is doubtlessly the case for many, the truth is that some geniuses who are responsible for producing beloved works of art have skeletons in their closets, which is significantly worse than a penchant for the doobies. To my knowledge, one of history's most prime examples of the talented artist with a depraved personal life is Eric Gill, an English sculptor, printmaker and type designer who lived at the turn of the 20th century. His status and prints confirm his status as a creative genius. Unfortunately, his diaries also confirm his status as a sexual deviant. It seems that no woman was safe from the onslaught of his lust, including his sisters, his daughters, and his dog. This leaves every art lover on the planet in a sticky widget. A question mark hangs over all our heads. Is it possible to enjoy art if we know its creator committed disgusting acts? To attempt this is to separate the creation from the brain which created it, a brain which also conceived the foulest deeds known to man. To detach from this can feel to us morally decent folks like an act of sociopathy. It can't even be claimed that the case of Eric Gill is individual. The current era is one in which a number of highly talented people are exposed as leading an extremely sickening double life. Look no further than Roman Polanski, Bill Cosby, and Rolf Harris, to name just a few. The same dilemma persists. Can admiration for artistic creations and revulsion for the pervert who created it coexist without one giving way to the other? This debate feels increasingly pertinent, with radio stations refusing to play the music of Michael Jackson and loyal fans raging over being deprived of his songs. As with most things in life, a blanket, one-size-fits-all approach 
very rarely keeps everyone happy. For every person willing to expunge every trace of a ne'er-do-well from the face of the earth, there's another person whose mission is to ensure that their creative legacy lasts forever. It's important to remember that even though the world of art feels ever murkier with each new revelation about its members, the vast majority of creative people are for the most part decent human beings. Obviously there were flaws and mistakes, hence what inspires them to create their art. The reality is that most creative people are the same as everyone else, with the additional desire and drive to create. Demonising a whole group of people on the basis of profoundly immoral and at times criminal behaviour of some of its members is entirely wrong-headed. It's not artists who are the problem, it's crooks. If anybody should be reviled and have their work wiped away, it's the crooks, rather than every artist who's ever done anything slightly questionable. I should clarify my meaning at this stage. The word questionable, in this context, refers to a person who can sometimes be crabby, and whose outlook on life is unique to them. The word crooks, in this context, refers to people who rape, assault, or otherwise violate any number of innocent people. The latter people should be punished and memorialised as nothing more than the low end of humanity, however good their art is. The former people should be allowed to practice their art forms and share it for the rest of the world to enjoy. At the end of the day, Art and morality are two separate things, and people should be judged on both separately. Art should never be used to mask the negative qualities of humanity, but it should be used to magnify its positive qualities.